0: masturbators the podcast where we talk about sex love masturbation self-love body image self-care mental health feminism and everything else that comes up i'm here with jacinta hunter
1: mm-hmm. hello. hello how are you doing hello yes yeah i know i'm doing quite well yeah I'm doing quite well yeah very good you're Thank an you.
0: actress do that? or writer
1: so i'm i a... should have
0: maybe asked this before we started the podcast
1: <laughs> that's okay um <laughs> no no so i well i do some acting right. um I also mainly do cabaret, so do burlesque. Oh, very nice. I also do burlesque and um, and cabaret hosting and singing. And I've also, yeah, I used to say I produced a uh, play, a production of the Vagina Monologues recently. So sort of kind of getting a bit more into that side of like making. Making theatre or m- making things. Yeah, and kind of, because it's, it's nice that if you're producing, kind of, you've got... Um, you know, I was like, oh, I'm interested in this and I care about this, so I'm going to put on a piece of theatre about this. Yes. As opposed to being answerable to other people's ideas about what's important. I
0: very much uh, relate to that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think you should just make your own thing. If you have a story to tell or you have an opinion, like, it's good to make your own thing to express it.
1: Absolutely. Instead of
0: waiting for someone else to give you the chance. Um, and, And we're here today to talk about Basically, bodily autonomy. Yeah. In our case, um, women's bodies.
1: Yeah, I women's, and I guess just people with wombs. People, people with wombs. Yeah. Yes. Female
0: present. Well, yeah. People, well, with, wombs. people with wombs. Yes. Uh,
1: <laughs> um,
0: uh, perfect. Um, yes, and uh, I don't know where we should start. We've had quite a lively discussion. <laughs> yeah, I know. Recording. Covered a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think. Yeah, to, uh, the, the, the so you've you've recently had an experience. Should we start? Yeah, with that and go from there. A good
1: place to start. Um, yeah, so on Wednesday, which was two, three. Three days ago. Yeah. Um,
0: It'll have been a week and a day, or whenever this podcast goes live, really, but yeah. a week ago from when we record this. Yeah. Oh, no, three days ago. I think. Three,
1: three days ago from when we recorded <laughs> <Exactly>. this. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> um, quite, quite recently, I, um, I had an early medical abortion, um, so I found out that I was, like, two and a half, three weeks pregnant, um, because my period was late, and my breasts were very and, uh, and I was like, this isn't normal. Um, and then I took the pregnancy test. And I've, I've obviously had pregnancy scares before. And I've never, ever... Um, I've never been pregnant. So mm. I really didn't... I was just like, oh, this is just a precaution, but it's going to be fine. Yeah. Um. And then it came up. I got the one that... The, says it. <laughs> that says it, yeah. which is horrible. Um, and it was like, pregnant, two to three weeks. And it, it was like awful like it's awful awful realization um and I just suddenly felt I just felt this like weight of guilt and shame and fear and I felt like sick that there was this like thing inside me and and also at that point I mean obviously there's no maternal bonding or anything that's happened I was just like there were literally just like so I'm like parasitic cells inside me living off me and I did not give them permission to be there and yeah it was just this really bizarre feeling and I suddenly like prior to that I would have felt like I could have talked openly about abortion Mm -hmm. um and like we were saying earlier like theoretically lots of people are pro-choice and Mm -hmm. probably most of our friends are pro-choice and we're pro-choice and it's something we can be like yeah absolutely abortion should be legal um But then when it comes to actually happening to you, I just couldn't feel like I could... I just didn't feel like I could tell anyone or Mm -hmm. talk to anyone. And I felt very alone. Um, So I just sort of pretended it hadn't happened. (laughs) Went for dinner with my friend, went to the theatre. And then the next day, I looked up... Because I I knew I wanted an abortion. Like, straight away, I was like, I definitely cannot, like, go through with this. Um, So I called b pass b pass b p a s um anyway they were the first thing that came up when i looked up like impartial abortion advice okay um and that they were great and they booked an appointment for me straight away but then obviously they're really kind of there are so many people getting abortions that it's um it's very busy and mm-hmm. it's all sort of nhs funded so it's probably understaffed as well so there's not that much um choice of like appointments and where to go and things.
0: When did you find out that you were pregnant?
1: On uh so I found out on a Monday and then I got an abortion on Wednesday a week. Later. So later. one and a half weeks yeah. later. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um so I had to take <clears throat> um, an afternoon off work to to go to mm-hmm. the appointment and I naively I thought that <laughs> it would be fine to go back to work the next day. Um but I wasn't. Um but anyway, yeah, so I um I booked the abortion. The lady on the phone was really great. And then I told my boyfriend, but like I couldn't I couldn't like say it out loud. And it's partly because I felt all these kind of confusing feelings of like guilt and shame and I felt like I felt bad because I was like, Oh, I should have, you know, I should have said that I should have said something about using a condom in that instance and mm-hmm. stuff or whatever. Um and so I, te- I texted. I t- I talk. I called him on the phone, and I was like, I'm feeling really upset about something. Can I text it to you? Oh wow. And then I texted him, and then he called me back, and he was so great. And he was like, No, it's absolutely my responsibility. And we had a big talk about mm-hmm. you know contraception and being more open about, um, you know, you know, being more he, him being more aware of my cycles. Yes. Um, which was so great. Um, so he was the only person that knew before I did it. Um, but he was doing a course, so he couldn't come with me to the appointment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, the appointment was weird. Like, it was... I waited... I had to wait a long time in the waiting room, because again... Was it
0: the first time you saw a doctor in this regard? Did you have a... on the, With P, PAB? Is that what they're called? pass? I think they're Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. Um, yeah. Did you have a phone appointment, and then they've booked you an appointment with a doctor? Or how does it work? No,
1: so basically... <laughs> And I did actually think maybe I would get somebody calling me, but I didn't. Okay. Um, But it was just basically, I think because I was sure, I didn't say I wanted to talk over options or anything. She'd literally just booked me an appointment. Um, For the abortion. For the abortion. Oh, I see.
0: Okay. And then you you arrived. There was a long waiting time in the waiting room. Yes. I think I
1: waited about an hour in the waiting room, which obviously kind of builds up you know get a bit nervous and stuff i went to mary stopes center and i ended up reading all about mary stopes on wikipedia yeah and uh, it turns out she was anti-abortion which i think is quite funny interesting (laughs) quite an irony yeah and and the reason she was so into contraception was because she was like super into eugenics i was like gosh what a problematic person i should totally know this eugenic here i have just learned about this recently actually but eugenics was like um basically like saying oh, I don't want these people to breed because they're like undesirable and oh, okay. we should sterilize these people because they're so a bit Nazi-esque yeah yeah kind of <laughs> and I'm just like Um anyway so that was interesting was like, yeah okay. well Mary Stokes I'm getting an abortion she, in your... was
0: she a doctor or what, what was she
1: she was she was a doctor not she wasn't a medical doctor Um, but she was a doctor she was very like what she was in something to do with botany a paleo botanist oh,
0: okay something like that but well, that's very interesting that you're having an abortion in the house named after someone who
1: doesn't want you to happen. I know I just thought it was quite a quite like that, a nice though. irony <laughs> yeah. exactly I was like okay it's cool like, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks Mary Stokes um but yeah and so then I saw, so then a nurse called me through and she was just like really frazzled and apparently it had been a really intense day mm-hmm. so then i i sort of felt like i had to make her feel better which is kind of not what you want when when this is happening um and then she did the ultrasound and oh yeah and then i'd been told not to go to the toilet beforehand i was told to arrive with a full bladder so that i'm guessing they can see your i think something expands is it for the ultrasound i think so right okay and we had a then and then she was doing the ultrasound and she went and she went oh you've got a really full bladder haven't you and i was like yeah because I was told to and she was like oh it's just because like I'm pressing quite hard so and I was like yes I need to go to the toilet um but uh but yeah no so then she was like oh no you're five and a half weeks pregnant and I was like I really don't think I am and she was like no you definitely are I'm not wrong but like I physically couldn't like I couldn't be I keep track of everything and right anyway so I was like whatever um (laughs) then so then she did that and then I saw all the pictures were coming out, but I didn't see them. Thankfully, yes, yeah, yeah. I guess they have to look at them. Yeah, and it's kind of because I'd I'd read um, I'd like tried to read about because I was so, I looked did a lot of like looking up online trying to read other women's stories about yeah abortion um, beforehand to try and just feel like I had some kind of some community of what's or yeah. yeah, and um, and and one of them was saying specifically how the um when the pictures came out they were very like careful to make sure that, it was, like, that she wouldn't see them that you wouldn't see yeah whereas I felt like they were all coming out sort of ne- like I was lying down on the <coughs> bed thing yeah and then the they were coming out just sort of on the right hand side of me so had I just sort of lent L- my over. eye looked yeah. I probably could have seen and I don't know I just I didn't but the fact that I was so close to seeing kind yeah. of it's uh, freaked uh, me out uh, a bit
0: yeah that's probably as bad because then it's your responsibility not to look. Which yeah, I feel like in that moment it kind of shouldn't be. Yeah, exactly. Have
1: enough to kind of stuff to do going on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So then I, um, so then I, so then I had to go back to the waiting room and waited for another nearly an hour. Okay. And then the doctor came to see me, and the doctor was lovely. She was so kind of smiley and really put me at ease, which was really nice. Yeah. Um. So basically, I had the option of taking. So you take the tablet, which stops the progesterone, progesterone, how do you say it? The pregnancy hormone. Yeah. Um, Progesterone, I think. Progesterone, yeah, that's it, yeah. Just
0: say it quick and with confidence. Yeah,
1: progesterone. It stops the progesterone. (laughs) (laughs) And and then the next tablet, then there are four more tablets you need to take, which are all the same kind of type of tablet. Is it
0: like basically a super high version of the pill?
1: Is it just... So, well, no, no, I think... Because this is interesting. Yeah, we should talk about this as well. Because then I yeah. started doing research into, like... I mean, I already knew that the pill was different to an okay. abortion. But I did start looking... And apparently there's an episode of Black Mirror where they they um, made out they were the same thing.
0: Oh, Which okay, is terrible. Yeah. And that's
1: Tolly Brooker, and he's, like, a cool guy. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, we talked about <laughs> we'll that. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll yeah. We'll
0: table that, but, we'll, but have, we'll come back to it.
1: Honestly, but no, so... um. So, I mean, I didn't know anything, but I read the whole booklet they gave me. Yeah. Um, So then they give you these four tablets after you've taken the progesterone-stopping one, which you swallow like a pill. Um, And either you can take them straight away or you can wait 24 hours, 24 to 48 hours, which kind of just makes it a bit more definite. Like, if you take them straight away, the chances of the pregnancy passing and the chances of stuff being left inside you... Are like slightly higher. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, but I think it's something to do with Mary Stoke they don't let you take the pills home, the tablets home, to do it yourself. So you'd have to come back for another appointment. Mm. And I was like, I don't, literally, don't have time. I like, yeah. and the times that they had, I was like, there's Why no way. Why would they
0: not let you take that? Because I don't know. Do you just, different? and
1: it's like you literally have to come back for another. Maybe because they're scared you'll do it wrong. I don't know. But I have yeah. no idea. So anyway, so they get. I was like, well, look, I'm going to have to do it now because. I don't have any other time. Yeah. In the next forty-eight hours, like, yeah. I come back. So she gave me these four tablets, and then what you have to do is you have to insert them into your vagina. Um, so you, oh. Yeah, which I had no idea before.
0: Yeah, I thought you'd take. Them all, yeah, this is like a, a tablet. Like you just like. It.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so then I had to go. I took them to the toilet, and she like told me like, how to do it. It was fine. So I just inserted them all in my vagina, and I think that was like the hardest bit because that was a bit where I'm like I'm actively putting something inside me that is going to make this thing yeah. leave me. Yeah. So I cried when I did that. But that was kind of... I think that was, like, the emotionally... A release. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, emotionally, like, the most kind of difficult bit to do. Okay. um So I did that. And then my boyfriend came and met me. And we've we had tickets to the ballet with his mum. And i was i really wanted to go and so my boyfriend was like honestly we can cancel we can yeah, go home yeah. and i was like no i'm gonna be fine it's like this is like tummy cramps like it's gonna be fine right. i've got loads of pads like and i take an ibuprofen and paracetamol um and so we we went to angel because it's at sadler's wells yeah. and at the ballet and then we went to a pub for a bit but the pub was really cold so i think that didn't help and then i just started to feel really I didn't actually have tummy cramps, but I started to get really, really painful lower back pain, like I had bad constipation or something. Yeah. So then I went to Saddle as well's to the to-, to use the toilet. And I just sat on the toilet for ages. Um and then it started to come out, I like started to bleed, which was a relief. Like I felt very relieved yeah. when that happened. Um and then I was texting my boyfriend and I was like, I I was like, I think I'm just gonna have to sit on the toilet for like, yeah. the whole thing. Um so I was like, just tell your mum that I've got bad tummy cramps and I'm not feeling well. Um, but I managed to leave the toilet to go up and see him just before it started um, and he was like are you going to be okay, I don't want to leave you Like, da, da, da. and I was like no, go see the ballet go enjoy the ballet, tell yeah. me how the ballet is yeah. um, and then and I was like I need to go back to the toilet so I went back and then they went I thought they went into the ballet but then maybe like 20 minutes later or maybe not that long but by this point I was so cold, I was in so much pain, nothing was coming out and I was just like, I, I think I, I was either falling asleep or passing out. I don't know. But I kept oh, sort wow. of like, I was just on the toilet. Like, Bopping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then um, then I heard a, a like a female voice being like, just, Jacinta? And I was like, hello? <laughs> and she was like, I call your boyfriend out here. He's really worried about you. Yeah. And then I was like, can he come in? And she was like, yeah. So he came in. And, um, and I was like, why are you not in the ballet? And he was like, because I'm worried about you. <laughs> and then he went, let's. And then anyway, so then... Um, I'd managed to get out the toilet and then we got on Uber home. And in the Uber, I was just like, I was shivering, like so violently. I just got really cold. I was yeah. shivering so violently. And then, and yeah, my lower back was so painful. Anyway, managed to get home and then I went to the toilet and then he made me two hot water bottles and then I felt a lot better. Yes. Um, but I don't know. So I think it was kind of, I'm, but okay, so what the whole experience made me think, made me kind of suddenly really become very like very aware of I'd obviously been aware of it before but like became much more like viscerally aware of it is that I was in a really lucky position to have like a very caring responsible like boyfriend yeah and to live in a country where it's abortion is legal and free on the NHS yeah and to have had like a home to go back to and then I did take the day off work the next day so I was in a position where like I could afford to miss out on a day's work and like just to think that if any of those and it was still really horrible experience it's a really difficult experience and like if any of those variables had been different I'm just like how like the amount of women and non-binary people and trans men having to go through this either like completely on their own or without you know hot water bottles or where it's illegal or like you know having to go to backstreet abortion I just I just it's just so bad yeah that that's happening or like people have to raise hundreds of pounds to pay for it it's insane it's crazy
0: because and that's sort of where the the point I think is that it's your body yeah yeah. So it exactly. should be your decision and then there are people who choose to make decisions for something that doesn't have a conscience yet. Yeah. yeah. And that is still inside of your body. Yeah, living off my body like yeah. literally. And it's I, the, it's unbelievable. It's because I I'm I'm imagining it's one of the hardest things to do. You know, however you feel about babies and the whole prospect i think as you said there is an emotional side of it that's just gonna and maybe even just hormonal like i don't know what it is but you know it's there's gonna be something there's something hard about it i don't think anyone like just because you're pro-choice i don't think it means that the decision is easy
1: no exactly exactly Um, yeah
0: and i think the fact that you have a safe space to make the decision Mm -hmm. a safe space to go and ask for a solution or uh, you know help mm-hmm. a safe space to come home to um, a culture that doesn't demonise you mm-hmm. um, and yes a legal safe option to have a medical procedure done yeah um, but it's a it, it's an incredible thing that there are people who want to take that away from women seriously I know and then I was
1: I was um be- Or people with uterus Yes, Exactly, exactly. Um but yeah, no, so when I was um I was looking up stories and I looked up um famous people who've had abortions. Yeah. Um and and it was really helpful actually to read stories from like yeah, celebrities and famous people yeah. who have had abortions. But I just felt so grateful to them for coming out and talking about it. Yeah. Because to be a woman in the public eye anyway is, n- like, not easy. Yeah. Um And then to come out about something which is still a very contentious issue for a lot of people who are not enlightened or, you know, whatever. Vogue. Yeah. Um Walk. It's so hard. And I, but, yeah, yeah. I woke, oh, vogue. I said vogue. I mean, vogue, yeah. I was like, ah, vogue. I whatever. Um, but the... But anyway, so I, but there was one, so there was a video on YouTube of Jemima Kirk, who was yeah. one of the actors and girls, yeah, um, talking about when she had an abortion. It was really great to, to hear it. Um, and then I scrolled down to look at the comments, and there were only two comments, and both of them were, like, baby killer, murderer. And I was just, like, the amount of, like, bravery and how vulnerable you're making yourself to come out and talk about it, and you're helping so many people in the process, yes. but then... What you're opening yourself up to, is is horrible. It's so horrible, and and the fact and, and the fact that it is such an emotional issue. Like, you can't have an abortion and feel totally emotionally, you know, nothing about mm. it um, at any point in the process. Like at every point in the process. So then, for people to then start calling you a murderer. Yeah. Like you know you're not, but that's yeah. just a really difficult thing to hear and to yeah. try and deal with. I just, yeah, honestly. Um. Also, I um. I also looked up then, because I actually was talking about this with my friend, quite a few months ago, before any of this, about how most abortion storylines in media are really bad. Okay. And, uh, and so then I started. To, I tried to look up just abortion storylines in general. Yeah. Uh. And and someone had written an article like saying the best what they thought the best abortion storylines were. And, and they, like, put posted clips and things. And there was this one, again, from Girls, actually. And I remember watching this and not really necessarily engaging with it at all at the yeah. time. But then looking back on it, like, l- watching it then, I was like, oh, this is actually quite good. So, I don't know if you ever watched Girls. No. I know, OK, Girls is also a very problematic show. But... I do know what it is. Yeah. No. I just
0: uh, don't like Lena Dunham.
1: No, that is totally fair enough
0: um but but i think she's done great things with that show i'm you know like about to say
1: i mean it was just this one bit where it's this character mimi rose and this character adam and they're dating at the time and then adam it was actually adam was lena dunham's sort of long running on off boyfriend most of the show yeah and then he breaks up with her but doesn't tell her and ends up with mimi rose for a bit. He breaks so,
0: up with her but doesn't tell well, her. Well, I don't know, it's all a bit
1: kind of. Okay. Anyway, she basically...
0: <laughs> Sorry, Hannah, that's not the point. I'm just...
1: <laughs> not the point. Hannah <laughs> gets home. I should watch
0: Girls. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hannah gets home and Adam is with Mimi Rose. So it was kind of... She was such a kind of small character and also kind of, uh, like, I feel like we never really saw things from her perspective. Okay. So when this bit, about this abortion bit happened, I think I just was... And this is again like, you know, sexism and blah blah. I was still mm-hmm. just like, I don't really like you because... You're with, you're with Adam, and why are you with Adam? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, Adam is like, oh, do you want to go for a run later? And she's like, no, thank you. And he's like, oh, but it's just so sexy when your breasts are jiggling. Da, da, da. And then he comes over. Anyway, he's weird. And then she's like, and she's like, oh, no, I can't go for a run because I had an abortion yesterday. And he's like, what? And she's like, I can't go for a run or have sex or have a bath for like a week because I had an abortion yesterday. And he's like, "What the fuck?" And then he gets really angry because she, she didn't tell didn't him. Didn't tell him. And I'm guessing it was his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, "This is something we should discuss together." Did And she's like, "What do you mean? Like, we've been going out for seven weeks. Like, this is yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. to discuss." And, and he's like, "Oh, blah, blah, blah. like, did it have hands?" And she's like, "It was, t- it was tiny." Like, and then and then he goes, and then he's go, he's like, "I don't understand why you do something like that. That's evil." And then she goes, You're right, you don't understand. And then she walks off. And then they break up soon after. And I just at that one line, suddenly from the perspective of someone of like of someone who was about to have an abortion. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, like he he so this makes. This was before it, you had the abortion
0: that you you read those articles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I was like he was he made the whole thing about, about him, him, yes, and completely ignored the fact <clears throat> that she had something inside her that she didn't want to be there. Yeah, and, and like
0: it was his, and but I always find that very <coughs> difficult. If you when you imagine yourself in that situation, I do always want like the thing I wonder the most is would I tell the father before mm-hmm. or not? Because yeah. in theory, he's not a father of anything. No, exactly. Yeah, like because it's not happening. Yeah, and then. There's the, the if they want it, then they are not going to get a say in the decision anyway. anyway. Yeah. Um. But then, does it feel like withholding if you didn't tell them? It's a very strange place to be, I think. Yeah. Because it's not clear whose autonomy is relevant in that situation. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, and and mm-hmm. I think it's like I don't know because I feel like and I think before I had an abortion, I was a little bit on the camp, on the side of being like, oh, well, you know, the the father should still have, the seed bearer should, <laughs> <laughs> should still know about it or maybe have a say in it. And I'm like, wait, no, no. That, there's no need. Like, if the person who's pregnant feels like they want to tell them or that they can tell them. Yeah. then that's actually kind of an honour <laughs> for the yes. person whose seed it was because there's no, I don't actually think there's any... ...reason they should have to tell them. Yeah. And, yeah, it's like... Oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's like... It's like the thing of... It, it's all stuff happening in this person's body. Yes. All of it. And and in this, in this thing with... In the scene with Mimi Rose and Adam, suddenly I could be... I could get Mimi Rose's perspective. Which, at the beginning... Which... Didn't feel
0: like she was making a big point when you first watched the scene. Yeah,
1: I don't. Yeah, so suddenly I was. I could see everything from her perspective yeah. and actually, what Adam should have done in that situation would have been like, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry. What a traumatic thing yeah. to, have to go through. Are you like, do, okay? Da, da. What are do you okay? Need? Do you need to talk about it? What yeah. can I do for you? Oh, well, are you still in pain? Because She probably would still be in pain. Yes. And instead, he makes it all about him. And then I just thought, wow, that's so. That's so kind of so such a, such a good. Analogy of sort of male entitlement and yes. all the things that women have to put up with on a, on a yeah. daily basis, and just yeah. the the
0: fact that something again sort of the 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 cells in the woman's body become more important than the woman around them,
1: yeah, which or is the ridiculous. person around them. It's ridiculous. I don't. Do you know Hannah Gadsby, the uh, comedian? Yes. Yeah. So she, I was reading. Um, in The Guilty Feminist, I was listening to her talking on the podcast, The Guilty Feminist, and also reading a thing she wrote, um, where she was like, I'm pro-life. Yeah. Like, I'm pro-people being alive and having a good quality of life. Yeah. I'm not pro-dictating what women should have in their bodies. Yes. Like, it's it's just, it's, it's, it's such a, it's, they, they've they got, like, pro-lifers have got very good branding. because." Yeah. They're like, we're pro-life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're yeah. not. You're definitely not it pro-life. It's a good
0: marketing campaign, that name. Okay, um, hey, but
1: there's a... But it's a
0: an, a general consensus that the woman, if you call someone a bitch and a child murderer, clearly the woman isn't worth as much as yeah. you give meaning to that... To this unborn, unborn... cluster of cells. Exactly. You know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Because 100%, yeah. like, it, abortion... Like I just don't even think it's a debate. Like, no, to, abortion like, absolutely not should be legal everywhere, and women should have access. And people with wounds, women, non-binary people, and trans men should have access to, um, like all the aftercare and counselling. Yeah, and safe medical procedures and everything. Yeah, and so like I, you know, I'm sort of I'm in a lucky position, but I almost feel like I'm in a privileged position, definitely but I kind of don't want to call it lucky because it shouldn't be lucky. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a basic amount of... But it is kind of lucky
0: as in it's lucky that I was born in a developed country. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it is the kind... Like, I think that that is luck. And that's kind of... I feel like it almost has to be stressed Mm -hmm. because that means it's privilege that you haven't earned. yeah. Because technically speaking, you shouldn't have to earn it. But it's yeah. just that people who are in a position that's different, like, in a way, I feel like if you call it luck, it makes it obvious how um, uh, arbitrary. Yes, that's is. true. That's true, yeah. Um, but obviously, by principle, you sh- it shouldn't be luck.
1: Yes, it's- yeah. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Because, yeah, like, by principle, like, yeah, everyone should have access yeah. to this. But it is... It's a total accident of birth. Yeah, that I happened to get into this situation in a place where I could have it dealt with safely, legally, and for free. Yeah, and everyone should be able to do that. But if I'd been born in like Northern Ireland or El Salvador, like it, it would have been a really, really, really awful situation to be in. Absolutely, and the fact that it's Northern Ireland is the
0: most ra- like it. You just think, well, you know, it's Europe, like. Yeah, everyone yeah. knows what's up and then you go oh fuck like it yeah. just it can just be someone decides someone gets into power and decides it's not your choice anymore and it can just take <coughs> it away from you it, it's yeah and it's on
1: um, I think the same thing in Poland yeah yeah. it was in Poland and there was a huge strike yeah um that was amazing yes, and did they actually get to ch- change the... as far as I'm aware,
0: it's still illegal, but I might be entirely right, misinformed okay. um, this up, but yeah, but google it I don't I honestly don't know yeah um but uh in, in no it it's it makes me sick that there are people making legislation potentially never having been close to anything like this mm-hmm, in their theoretical Minds go yes, but and also it's usually religiously motivated, I know. which I think I think have any religion you like, believe the things you believe, mm-hmm. practice what you want to practice, but don't put your religious beliefs on other people, and don't put it
1: on an entire populace no exactly, exactly, and it's and also i mean it's it's like religious beliefs, and then yeah, imposing of um, imposing beliefs rooted in patriarchy on millions of people and and it's like I, I i think like if you have a faith in something where it's like oh i believe in god and i believe in loving one another and whatever i mean yeah. that's great but to then to then um put that lump that together with i also believe that women shouldn't be allowed to have abortions and gay marriage is bad mm. is like that, that that there's no that makes no sense. It doesn't. Like,
0: yeah, and I mean, like, I'm not here to discuss religion and what you believe in. and I'm not against anyone's religion. I just think it definitely shouldn't form laws. Like, it just shouldn't, um, and it definitely shouldn't tell human beings what uh, to do with their bodies and what not to do with their bodies. Because I think it's, again, it's you. It's what it's something. It's something you live with. It's something mm-hmm. that's inside of you um and it's there's no the uh, no one can explain to me how this is anyone else's decision um and like again you can debate ethically if you should um tell the person whose seed was used yes <laughs> um or not and like <coughs> <it's>, <coughs> i think there're no easy answers yeah. i just think that the debate needs to change from what it is right now mm-hmm. in most countries to how do we make this as safe and as um emotionally sort of least distressing for the people involved in it
1: yeah exactly exactly i I think yeah, I think you're absolutely right, I think that's really important, and it's actually you know bringing it from not should abortion be legal or not to um we recognize that abortion is a really can be really distressing and really emotionally difficult, so let's. Have much more of a conversation about how to deal with it and how to cope with it. Yeah. When it. When it happens.
0: Um. Through all this process, uh, has your relationship to your body? Do you think is this, it has changed it in any way? It just made you more aware of it in
1: any way. That's really interesting. I don't know. I think that. I think that when the embryo was inside me, I just. Constantly felt a bit on edge. Right. <laughs> I just, just like, oh, this thing inside me. Yeah. Like, why is this thing inside me? And that was really weird to me. And then particularly since I obviously made the decision to get rid of it, it was just this thing that was there temporarily, and it was going to not be there, but it was there at the moment, and that was weird. And maybe you felt a bit of a disconnect mm-hmm. with my body then because it was just so odd yeah that there was something there that i didn't want to be there um and then yeah when when the pregnancy passed i felt so relieved and i think yeah i think maybe i felt like oh i got my body back yeah um which was a nice feeling and then what was yeah it was was quite nice had a conversation with my boyfriend like i think actually as a result of this happening we've ended up talking a lot more about, like, the future and, and things. Yeah. Which is actually nice that we've sort of been pushed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> by this. Um, and we were talking about, did we want children in the future? And we both think we do. But it's just... I suppose what it's made me think about is, how would I feel if I wanted to have a child? Because I don't know if my sort of sort of this reaction of, oh, what is this inside me, was purely because... I just didn't want it to be there. And yeah. It was unexpected. Or because I actually don't like having something inside that, me. Yeah. And you'd sort of have to try it out to
0: figure out what your reaction would be next.
1: Time. Yeah. And and also I imagine, I mean, by towards the end, I kind of I, I kind of went from like, I feel sick that there's this parasite inside me, to oh, there's a thing inside me that could, if left, become a human. Mm. And that's making me feel a bit shit to like and, and kind of just pretending it wasn't there to like, OK, there's a thing inside me which could become a baby. It's not its fault. It's there. Um, and I'm going to get rid of it because I can't have it right now. Yeah. But neither of us, neither me nor this select cluster of cells are. Um, it's neither of our faults. Yeah. So I think we can both be cool. With yeah. The fact yeah that this yeah. is happening. But it was just, like, funny just in those few days, even, like, that week and a half, there's all these different kind of emotional processes I yeah. went through to do with me and my body and the thing in my body. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's, it's an interesting question. I think I just feel relieved and, like, yeah. I, I kind of... I, I'm i my own person again. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: Yeah, mainly. I think, and that's fair, and, like, I think there's probably a journey in a way that I'm sure this, or potentially this, you know, will be something that's on your mind and that you think about and you learn from, I guess, about yourself. Yeah. every experience makes us learn something, I suppose, I hope.
1: Yeah, and I think the thing, I think, uh, well, partly the reason I wanted to talk about it was obviously it happened very recently. Yeah. It's a big issue affecting mainly women, but people with wombs in general. Um, and, Again, like I was saying, I can't remember if I said this on the podcast or before the podcast, but um, the fact that I definitely know people who've had abortions, but I don't know who they are. Yeah. And it's something that people don't talk about. And now that I've had it, I feel more able to talk about it. Yes. Um, and I would, I guess I would just love for people who are going through a similar thing to feel like they can talk or if they can talk to me anyway. Yeah. And if they know actively know someone has gone through it. Then they cannot be afraid of talking
0: to, to that person to that person, yeah, and I think that is so important, and I think that's why I find it so amazing that you here on the podcast to talk about it. And that's sort of the point of the podcast and also the point of how I live my life to an extent. Yeah, I'm very open about my sexuality and my mental health, and it tends to lead to people coming out to me or mm-hmm. people coming out in general. Um, or it leads to people asking me advice on mental health care and how to access this yeah and and it means that people who in a world where no one goes openly goes i'm going to therapy now if i say that someone you know some people might think what they want to think and and there might be prejudice and whatever you know bigots think i don't know it's not mm-hmm. my problem yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um but then i think there might be people go i've never heard anyone say that i've never had anyone have therapy i didn't know it was something people do
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: it seems like that thing that some people do yeah but i don't know how to connect to them yeah and i think that being open if it's something and again i think we said that before the podcast i think it's and it's something i had to learn um I think it's important to share yourself, but I think it's important to know that you don't have to. I think you have to share, Mm. like in my personal aspect of my sort of moral understanding of what it's to be a human, I think share what you can bear the world to know. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And if you can bear the world to know that about you, I think it's almost, to me personally, I'm not talking to anyone else, Mm. it's almost a duty to go, this is something that happened to me. Yeah. So that people feel
1: less alone. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And kind of that, I think that was a really... Well, actually, I mean, just on on talking about therapy specifically, um, I've never had therapy, but I find it really amazing whenever... Because I I know a lot of people who do Mm. have therapy, and just when someone's like, oh, no, I can't do that day because I've got my therapy session, or, um, oh, yeah, I'm going to therapy tomorrow, or, like, and just when people just talk about it, like, just completely like, oh, I can't do that because I've got therapy. Like, it's just really refreshing and so good to be like, oh, people are just actively talking about it like it's just a totally normal thing which it is um so that's breaking down all the kind of taboos and barriers that other people might have about it yeah and i completely get that and i feel like that about sexual assault actually is that i'm very open about talking about it because i just really 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 want other people who've been sexually assaulted to be able to recognize that it's happened and to yeah. recognize it's not their fault and that they can talk about it. Yeah.
0: Um yeah. And I think it's it's something I think you brought up as well to something that you'd be happy or interested in discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I think again it, it's so strange in the the sort of variety of ways that society has conjured up um, versions of taking away people's autonomy over their own body. Mhm. Um, and and it, I think sexual assault being the most visible one. If yeah. That makes sense or the most discussed one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if uh, you want to talk about your experience with that, and um, wherever you want to start.
1: Yeah. Gosh. it's yeah. Fine. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that. I think that when I kind of really became what really helped me with kind of, um, looking back on sexual experiences and realising a lot of them were sexual Mm -hmm. assault was when the whole Me Too movement happened. Yeah, And that was, I think, just such a... It was just such a huge thing to suddenly have people um, talking about it and feeling like... Suddenly being like, oh, if I talk about it, there's like hundreds, thousands of other people who have my back. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was really, really... So, I mean, it was really... Emotional and cathartic, and yeah. I remember just not being able to go out like go out or do anything for a couple of days because it's just suddenly this tidal wave of stories from other people and also just memories and re like realize recalibrating your yeah. own experiences um, but I think the 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 experience prior to that that kind of set it all off was um i was I was raped by a chef that I used to work with um and it was i mean so it was it was all kind of thing like we'd all been dance, we'd all gone to the pub and we we're all dancing and i yeah. was feeling quite quite um emotionally vulnerable anyway because another sh- another chef i used to date and okay. we'd recently broken up and we were both still emotionally torturing each other right and it was very difficult um so this other chef was like we were, we were dancing together and he was kind of being a bit annoying, but I was in this kind of zone of like, it was this amazing place. Oh, what's it called? <gasps> it's near King's Cross. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, it's this place near King's Cross and they always play like the most random music and it's just okay. a really fun place. So we were dancing there and I was kind of just like entered this zone. I kind of like wasn't even there. I was kind of just in this mm-hmm. like different zone and he kept, like, dancing really close to me and, like, grinding against me and stuff and trying to kiss me. And and I was, like, kissing him back because I was like, you're kind of annoying, but you're not, like, imposing on my... Like, my space is so amazing but you're kind of okay. not really affecting him. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of like it was just, like, a little fly. And I was yeah. just like, <laughs> you were like yeah, whatever. <laughs> I was like, you can share the space with me if you want, yeah. but, like, you're not, you know, you're not having that much of, of an impact. impact yeah. yeah. Then... Then... um then I, then I think I said I was going outside for a cigarette and he was like, I'll come too. And then he went ahead of me. And then I got to the door and the bouncer was like, oh, if you go out, you won't be allowed back in because it was quite near to closing. So I was like, oh, well, I'm having a good time so I won't go out. And he had gone out. So I was like, oh, he's gone. That's nice. <laughs> so then I carried on dancing, had a great time. Then the place closed. I left and he was still there. And I was like, why are you still here? And he was like, I was waiting for you. And I was like... Oh okay, it's a bit weird. Then my friend was there, and we were meant to be going to Edinburgh to the fringe, yeah, the next day, or I mean it was that day now I was like in the early hours of the morning mm. so i I suggested we go back to his house, and then because I'm too nice, I just said to the this chef who'd been waiting, I was like, "Oh, do you want to come too?" And then my friend was like, "What the fuck, mm-hmm. the fuck? And then I suddenly was like, "Oh shit, what have I done?" So then I went. Oh, to the taxi driver. I was like, just drop us off at King's Cross station, and I'll just hang. We'll just hang out here. I'll just hang out here till the train. Mm -hmm. So he dropped us off. Everybody got out, and then the pub that I worked at was quite near King's Cross. So I was like, oh, can't we just go to the pub? Like we know the codes. We could just like stay there until the train. Mm. So we went. um, We all went into the pub, and then my friend was a guy and he was very drunk and he was being, I think he was aware that something was like wrong. Okay. But because he was like so drunk and so kind of like bumbling and just being really annoying, I think I was just really worried that he would kind of get us caught or something. And at this point I just did not see this man as a threat at all. This chef. I was just like, he's just this like little guy, like, like whatever. He just wants to bask in my presence. (laughs) I was just like, um, so then my friend was like, Should I go? And I was like, well, look, if you want to go, you can go. And we can meet at King's Cross in the morning. Like, I'm going to be fine. Um, So he left. And then this chef was like, oh, I've made, like, a bed for us in the kitchen. And then at this point, I was still thinking about this other chef that I used to date. And I was Mm. like, oh, the kitchen. That's where he works. Mm. I'm close to him. So... We went to the kitchen, and he'd, like, put cushions out. So then i just, like, lay down. And then he started, like, trying to kiss me and undress me. And I was like, wait, what what are you doing? And he was like, oh, like, this is what we're doing right. And I was like, no, no, I want to sleep. And then, anyway, and then it suddenly was this case of, like, he was just talking, like, using, like, coercion. I mean, like, well, why are you here if you don't want to do this? And then eventually I was like, and he was like, "You need to take your clothes off." And I was like, Well I?" I was like, "Will it make you leave me alone?" So I remember taking my clothes off just to be like, "That's what you want." And then, and then he kept trying, and I was like, "Stop!" And then I don't know. I was like, "I want you to know that if we have sex, it's because you're making me have sex. It's not because I want to do it." And he was like, "Whatever." And then, <laughs> and then he was like, "Why are you naked if you don't want to have sex?" And then I just remember being like, "Oh." very clever and then and then anyway then he actually tried to have sex with me and then it actually like physically hurt because I wasn't at all in any way turned on yeah and I was like you have to stop I was like you have to stop because this is actually hurting and then eventually he did stop and then we um and then he just kind of like looked at me and then looked at his erect penis and I was like are you seriously you seriously want? me to give you an orgasm yeah and he like looks at me affronted like i had like i was being unreasonable and he's like (laughs) and then i was like what whatever so i went down to give him a blowjob and then i was like wait what the fuck i don't owe this man anything yeah why am i giving him a blowjob so i gave him a handjob and i was like i still didn't i didn't know him that but it was just i was just so like i was with him i was naked i was vulnerable i was in a public place even i mean it was it was closed but people i mean we were there anyone could have come in and I was just like, I just remember. And then, oh shit, yeah. Then I heard noise in the kitchen. And like somebody was in the kitchen. But we were kind of sitting at the back so he couldn't see us. And I was like giving him this job And there was somebody in the kitchen. And I was naked. It was just the most awful experience. Anyway, he came. And then I remember wiping it up with my tights. And throwing my tights in the bin. And then washing my hands. And then just like, oh, we went to the toilet and washed my hands. And then just like left. And then my friend was like still wandering around King's Cross. Oh, and he was, and I was like, should we just get on the train and go? So we got on the train. It was really cold. I got really bad cystitis for like two weeks. But I just remember in that moment being like, I'm actually being raped right now. I was like, this is. And then that, like being able to actually accept that and know that, then suddenly made me look back on other experiences and be like, okay, it wasn't as clear cut as like, I don't want you to do this, and then being like, I'm going to do it anyway. But it was still like, I'm not feeling super into this. Uh, yeah, you are. Sex, and right. sex, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And and it kind of reframed all these prior experiences. And it also made me realise that I'd um, that because of whatever, because of like being a woman, or because of like culturally being a woman, or because of the way I was brought up, or because of things that have happened in my life and my childhood, that I couldn't leave. Like in that situation, in that situation, I literally had to do the thing that made him the most placated because I literally couldn't do anything else. And I remember talking to a man about this and him being like, oh, but you were physically able to leave. Yes. And I was like, no, I actually wasn't. Yeah. Like physically, my legs worked. worked, Yeah. And I don't think he would have like attacked me if I'd left. But I couldn't. I yeah. actually couldn't. Like
0: the only thing I could do was appease him. And that's, I think, what people don't understand. Because when I talk to male friends about the stuff and the Aziz, what's his name Aziz Ansari um, situation, and mm-hmm. and especially men, male friends get very um, upset about the fact that that's considered sexual assault, yeah, potentially, um, allegedly, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And that you know they say, well. But what if they didn't read the signs? What if you know they they you know they wouldn't have done anything to you, um, and sort of this understanding that you are in the presence of someone who could hurt you, mm-hmm. and that that in itself, that you know you might want to try to give the kinds of signs that piss them off the least. I mean, and yeah, those are yeah. ignored. I'm guessing... I don't know how it had happened to you with the other... In- or in, even in that instance... Yeah. There it, was it, an idea of... Because you did it... Because if I want to be cruel... Or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm... Or whatever... Like, make this black and white... You did do those things.
1: Yeah. But... But it's like... I think... And I think as well... Like, it's really important to remember that... Okay, and actually... You were talking... It made me think of this a bit... Cause in, when I was listening to your last podcast that was mm. aired... Um, you were talking about sort of British people having so many words around right. saying anything. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> and it's actually, so first of all, there's culturally, we're not encouraged to say no yeah. or be blunt or clear. Yeah. Um, as as women, we're encouraged to make people happy and appease people yes. all the time. Um, then also taking into account just my own life, that's something that I have got very adept at is putting other people's needs above mine. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, so then, so then, all of these things bring you to this point where someone is telling you to have sex with them. Yeah. And it's like, how can you then expect me to suddenly produce the skills from nowhere? Yeah. To be like, oh no, thanks. I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everything up until that point has been like other people's needs are more important than yours. Yeah. Give someone a little bit so that they won't be angry don't yes. make the situation awkward like and it's like so then so then to then be like oh okay no I didn't realize this is what was happening bye I know that I'm making him feel um annoyed I know that I'm having to leave a situation without the other person being happy I don't know it's just yeah all these things that I've never learned the skills to do yeah and I think that was the point where I was like oh wow like everything up until my up to this point yeah. has basically been training me to not be able to protect myself yeah. from rape. Yeah. So I was like, okay, now something has to change. And then I did like some self-assertiveness workshops, which was really good, and it is getting better, but it's still something I really struggle with. Yeah. And I think it's really important to be able to read signs bearing all this in mind. Yeah. And someone like Aziz Ansari literally did an entire show about the subtleties of racism. Like, he should right. know yeah. the subtleties of consent. And also, I mean, the thing with Aziz Ansari, if you're listening, Aziz Ansari, <laughs> I really, really love your show. And I want you to do another season all about dealing with and learning from realising yes. you sexually assaulted someone.
0: Because that's the other thing. We kind of... It's kind of... it, it Obviously, is an accusation as a whole thing. However... Um, I think it's not about blaming, because I don't know, you kind of want people to learn from those experiences, even Mm -hmm. if they're the ones that have coerced you into having sex with them. Yeah. Or have sort of gotten closer than you would have liked. Yeah. The answer I would expect is, oh shit, sorry, I've literally never thought about the fact that yeah, you could because again, like if you want to build what a court case, a lawyer mm-hmm. would do, you go. You've sent your friend away. Mm-hmm. You've gone alone with him. You've mm-hmm. lied down. You've got got naked. It's one of those things where um, factually,
1: what's your problem? Kind of a yeah, thing. like the bare facts on <laughs> exactly a page, like yeah,
0: except that. There's always more to human interaction than these are the facts. Yeah. And the reason we do these things aren't... Like, they aren't as black and white as exactly. a story that's then told is.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: and what you would hope is that, that both people kind of learn from the experience you... <clears throat> and yes, I think one can say that... Um, I don't think that there's any responsibility... But I think sort of um, blame, you know, on the victim, because, again, if someone's like, I'm really not interested in having sex with you, I think that's all the cues you need. Well, I honestly... No matter how naked they are, no matter if you've already been inside of them, and they're like, really, they're like, suddenly, oh, actually, you know what, Um, nah, thank you. There's no way, there's anything that's led up to that moment, I don't care... Like, what the moment before was. Yeah. If you're like, <clears throat> actually, I'm. this is not what we're doing, then the only answer should be, oh, sorry, cool. Okay, okay cool, thanks. let's not do that. Yeah. Not go, but, like, I'm going to now explain to you why we're having sex and yeah. how this is going to make sense to you. Yeah. Because the moment you have to explain, it's like explaining a joke. Like, it's no longer sexy when you have to
1: explain it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I mean? That is not fun anymore. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and it's like, literally, I... In that situation, I, I, in every single way I could, without actively saying, um, without actively getting off and leaving, yeah. I I said I didn't want it to happen. Yeah. And he, like, ignored all of that. Yeah. Um, And then there were a couple of people I told straight away who were, like, so great. But then, obviously, because I quit the next day. So, like, yeah. so then, obviously, a bunch of people, well, actually, not that many people, but a bunch of people were, like, are you okay what happened yeah and then obviously the story went around eventually i told the person i used to date it all anyway the point is they ended up firing him on the grounds of being in the building out of hours right which is like fine but it was but not also the point like, of the story <laughs> yeah it was also like but then because then the chef the person i used to date was like oh well if you'd if you'd stayed, you would have been fired as well, because you were also in the building right. you shouldn't have been. And it's just like, so, I mean, what, what has anybody learned That's from a this? the takeaway like, of the story is,
0: yeah. if you're going by the book, you shouldn't have been there. The fact that
1: you were cursing
0: someone to have sex with you kind of is irrelevant
1: yeah, exactly. Anyway, and then obviously all the chefs felt really sorry for him and felt it was very unfair. Yeah, and that I was a wicked person and a slut. And um, and yeah. then one of the other women who worked there, I remember she was like, "Oh, you know, like yeah, come and meet up and chat about it, whatever." So I met up with her and I started to tell her about it, and she was just like, "He was very drunk." And I was oh, like, "Oh, right, yeah, so that's fine then." I was like, "Okay, but." <clears throat> This was quite a few hours after you saw him. Yeah, and he was definitely a lot less drunk. Yeah, and we were a similar level of drunk, and I remember everything. And also, it's irrelevant. And also, it's irrelevant. It's completely like the, irrelevant. It's not like oh, don't you so people you when you're drunk. Got <laughs> in a
0: drunk accident and mowed down three.
1: Yeah, people. Oh, but he was but drunk. It's fine. So, yeah. I so know. Like, he was drunk, so he forgot that you're not meant to drink and drive. Yeah, um, he, yeah, yeah, and he, exactly. like, you
0: know, and it's it's. And again, like I don't know, um, I find I find this really interesting—the fact that you felt physically unable to leave. Uh, were you at any point scared of him physically, or was it? Do you think it was what culturally was
1: put on you? It was completely culturally what was yeah. put on. Like there was there was no point where I think he would have actively hurt me. I think the thing that I um like physically punched me or whatever. The I think um the another thing I was afraid of was obviously I was afraid that he might like sound an alarm so that. If right. there was anyone else in the building, and I guess I was so scared of being seen in a compromising position. Yeah. Um. But, I, it, I. There have actually been few times where I've been um, sexually assaulted where I have feared for my physical. Yeah. Well, rape is physical as well, but where I feared for like being attacked. Yes. Um. For worse things than what's already happening. To y- happen. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I honestly think it's just this like absolute like being steeped in this idea that it's bad to uh let people down. Yes. Um and especially I think as
0: uh, I'm going to say women in the sense that society sees women. Mm-hmm. Um and I think we're still in a heteronormative cis- normative society. So yeah, how definitely. women have been groomed for centuries. Yeah. Um or I don't know. Whatever the bigger thing. From, what's the bigger thing from a century? Uh, millennia. Boom. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, is that you're not rude. You don't um make men feel because this is the other thing. I think you don't make men feel uh, ashamed or embarrassed because that's when very bad things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't want to be called a bitch. You don't mm-hmm. want to be called terrible things you don't want to be rude you don't Mm -hmm. want to be too loud Mm -hmm. you don't want to be an inconvenience you don't want to be the girl that's led anyone on Mm -hmm. because then it's sort of also like then you that's almost worse like it's it's just there's all these things that have been put in place to make assault number one look like it's not yeah and easy yeah um and you know i think i always find it very unhelpful to talk about gradations of sexual assault
1: oh yeah no exactly Uh, because it's
0: like yeah but that's not that bad it's like that's not fucking how this works you don't get to tell me how upset i'm allowed to be at the thing that's happened to me i know and i think from the very ground up what and i think that those moments are teachable for both parties in very different ways like you said you did an assertive
1: this yeah. Course. Yeah.
0: And I think they should be teachable like that on a bigger level of society. Yeah. That we go. Why don't men, if it's truly, or why don't people, if it truly is the case that they don't understand that it's assault if someone goes, I don't want to do this, but I'll do it so that you sh- go away or mm-hmm. you know what, and like you've basically verbalized that. Yeah. The fact that that does not deter someone from continuing to pursue sex Mm -hmm. the fact that that isn't so intrinsically inside of them means that we've gone wrong somewhere yeah and the fact that you have not been given the agency by the life you've led to be more assertive Mm -hmm. that again something has gone incredibly wrong and it's clearly it's weirdly gendered about how
1: yeah
0: how we behave and how we treat each other
1: yeah and and i think it's actually really i think it's very very important for women and men but men in particular um to to be aware of this um and not and actually in every situation because again this is the thing of like i think because i don't know we're prudish or we find sex funny or awkward that we kind of very much put sex into like one box and then the rest of living into another box yes and i think it's like it's this thing of of like actually it's just it's it's still your life and you're not going to become a different person because you're in a sexual scenario um so there was a situation recently with this um job i'm doing where the the person running it asked if i could drive a van in a couple of in like a day and a half like and it basically would have been my whole day of driving this van around transporting set, and I didn't want to do it. Yeah. So I said I don't want to do it. Right. But I theoretically have that day free. Right. But I don't want to do it. Yeah. And it was really and anyway, so there's this whole thing, and then he was like, okay, but then what if you didn't come into rehearsal on Monday and da da da? What if like what if this and that or blah blah blah? And he kept like trying to offer options. And I kept being like, okay, but I actually wanted Sunday free. And then eventually I was just like, oh no, I can't do it. And he was like, okay, fine. Then he just came to talk to me at rehearsal. I was like, look, if you can't do something, just say you can't do it. And it was really interesting, because it was like oh, this really right. valid, it was so valid, it was really valid. Yeah. And, and I was like, look, this is that is something I struggle with. So yes. like, I always try and tell people what they want to hear instead yeah. of just saying I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but what was really interesting was that while, while this whole thing was happening, it just brought up all these memories of men trying to coerce me into doing things that I've told them I don't want to do. Yeah. And it's really interesting. I think for him, like, he obviously wasn't thinking that at all. He wasn't what at all trying to, like, make me... <laughs> he wasn't try to, like, make me think I was in some sort of sexual assault scenario. But it was kind of like... I think that... I think... I think that I definitely need to learn to just say I can't do it. But I do think that that's something that often men need to be aware of, is if a woman does say... I don't want to do it, or I prefer not the to end do of it. That story, yeah. That they should still then listen, hear that as yeah. no, and be like, "Oh, no worries, I'll find someone else." Because I don't want to do it, and I can't do it. It's like when someone hits
0: on you in a bar, and instead of saying no, thank you, you say, "Oh, I have a boyfriend."
1: Yeah, yeah, no, right? exactly,
0: exactly, yeah. So it's the it's the I'm not gonna make them angry. Yeah, but I, I'm sort of trying. I hope that he or they get the hint yeah yeah exactly um and that that's so intrinsic it's just in who we are like and it really isn't in me most of the time because my mm-hmm. thankfully my parents never taught me manners good yeah which is good. really manners weird are stupid. Get, get rid of manners. and i don't think they did it on purpose <laughs> yeah but like i just don't have them so yeah. if i don't want to do something i'm usually like no fuck off like yeah. it's Amazing. not
1: happening so refreshing. Yeah,
0: but, Number one, I don't know if I would do that in a in a in a sexual scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope I would, but I think that the um, the threat that can can result out of frustrating someone sexually is still very different different from going. I don't fucking want to do this. Yeah, in another scenario. Yeah, um, definitely. But I think manners again, like they don't really get you anywhere in all situations. No. Like. They're, they're, I think it's relevant that we're kind to one another and that we pay attention, but I think that that in itself includes hearing people, yeah and listening to people absolutely and going and like and first and foremost, it's still in my head, what I think is sexy is if I want to do stuff to mm-hmm. someone and I want them to do things to me, and vice versa, yeah, and then the sexy part is where their pleasure. It's derived from something they're doing to you or you're doing to them, yeah a scenario where I'm like, and I have had like I've drunkenly sort of tried to kiss a friend who was really not interested because mm-hmm. I felt really vulnerable and we had made out before, mm-hmm. and that sort of give me and that and I like entirely relate to this idea that a, a previous situation gives you this idea of entitlement because I'm not saying I'm better than anyone, I'm just saying that. I I see where people can go wrong oh absolutely um, absolutely yeah and like eventually I sort of gave up or I think she gave me a peck or something Mm -hmm. but like it was a very very awkward place to be in and Mm -hmm. wake up the next day and go that was really like I thankfully she just went no thank you and hilariously that situation got reversed (laughs) <laughs> Some years later. Oh my gosh! Yeah, okay, and yeah. then I was in that place, and then I sort of felt like, oh, this is actually kind of playful. It's fine because yeah. we didn't. I, in no way did I sort of physically. I think we didn't physically pose a threat to each other. Yeah. Um. And so I felt like, okay, can be in the situation and just keep saying no. Yeah. And maybe it's different because we're both women. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um. she, you know, her as a cis woman, me as a queer woman, I guess. Uh huh. But like, the the. I felt, okay, you can be in this situation and not feel threatened. Mm. So that was interesting. But it was also interesting to be in a situation where I'm like, I feel like I was trying to uh someone. Yeah. And so I'm not coming from the place that that all people who've done that, I don't think they're irredeemable. I don't think they even understand what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. But I think that that's exactly the issue. That there's a way, a, a place where we can go where we don't care about the other people's needs and what that says about us mm-hmm. as a person mm-hmm. and as a society that makes us that person Yeah, um, and I think then there are gradations going away from you know you either wake up the next day feeling horrible and maybe I don't know if you've seen this there's um a rapist and his victim wrote a book
1: together oh
0: wow it's really interesting Um, I'll show you the TED talk once we're done yes please yeah it's very interesting about Uh how they talk about it and how he knew he did something wrong yeah and how it made her feel and how it made him feel and I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that in a scenario of rape especially in the first circumstances the rapist's feelings are as relevant as Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. victim's feelings I don't want to like misconstrue this into some "it's everyone's having a bad day" kind of thing. No, it's, sure. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The victim, you know, I think should be the focus, and those feelings are most valid, and that experience is, I think, the one that we need to focus on and that we need to provide support for. However, I think that we need to almost give the same support, even though maybe not as visibly, or I don't know. Mm-hmm there needs to be something going on in a rapist's mind. And I'm not saying they're all um, redeemable. Or, I, I like, to me, I said this before the podcast, I feel like I'm very much against the death penalty and I want to see people as people and I want to know why people do that. But once someone's raped, personally, like, all of my principal goes out the window and I'm like, shoot them.
1: Yeah, just, like, um, just go, yes. <laughs>
0: like, they've now lost their right to be considered a human person. Uh-huh. But I think there needs to be some kind of system... That supports them as well as weird as that sounds because Mm -hmm. nothing ever changes if we don't figure out why people rape and if we don't figure out um, if people aren't allowed to redeem themselves maybe not from something as vicious as rape, maybe from sexual assault but I think that the people who perpetrate it if we don't give them a platform to get better Mm -hmm. how can they and I don't know if This is very offensive. Like, I'm just... I just think on a human level, it kind of has... They have to have the
1: chance to get better. I don't know if that's wrong. No, I mean, I... The thing is, like... Like you're saying with the situation with your friend. And I've been in situations where I've pushed things. Where someone maybe didn't want me to. Or I was in a situation once where I had sort of quite drunk sex. And I remembered it the next day and the other person didn't. Right. And I was like, technically... That's rape. Yeah. Because I was clearly slightly less drunk. Yeah. I remember it. And yeah. it was kind of like and, and so ostensibly it seemed consensual at the time, but actually he was too drunk to give consent. Yeah. So it's that thing of like I I was like, wow. And and to realise that had happened, like that was huge to be yeah. like, shit, I'm the person who very much identifies with being the victim of sexual assault. Yeah. And actually in this instance, I think I'm the assaulter. Yeah. And that was really, like, that was, like, wow. And then it did suddenly make reframe a lot of situations which I've been in with men and be, like, okay, whoa, I do actually get that when you're drunk and horny and in a situation where maybe there was, like, a little bit of attraction between the two yeah. of you, that, that sometimes you can put your need, your wants and needs in that moment yeah. before the other person's safety yeah and that's like really bad yeah but it's something that we do and we need to look at that and address yeah. that and so like like you said i actually i completely agree i don't think we sh- i don't think it's helpful to look at it as shades of assault or whatever yeah. but i suppose that there's that and then there's a situation where you're with someone and they're like i don't want to do this yes. i'm not comfortable with this yeah please can we stop doing this uh okay i'll do this but i don't really want to do anything else kind of yeah so and then it's that's when it changes from
0: oh I think I might have overstepped to I'm actively I'm actively overstepping and pushing and I yeah. understand that because when someone said I'm not interested in this
1: there's no way I don't care how drunk you are yeah
0: those words mean
1: something yeah exactly exactly and it is and, and I don't I don't think I've ever been in a situation where someone's said no thank you and I've been like no you definitely want to do it yeah 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 I, I really think any time that's ever happened, I've been like, oh, okay. Yeah. No. So it's kind of... So what is the... But then there must be some massive disconnect going on in someone's emotions and mind. Yeah. To not hear those or not care about those yeah. signals. I mean, they do say
0: that sexual assault... And I, again, I, I'm presuming this is rape more than coercion, but I don't know. It's more about power than sex
1: yeah and i think
0: in a a moment where someone actually says no and there's a very clear cut i don't want to do Mm -hmm. this and the proceeding anyway Mm -hmm. there must be something interesting about that power to the other person because why otherwise why would you have want to have sex in a scenario where one person clearly isn't i know just i don't understand how that can be sexy so it must be something that has nothing to do with sex that I know that thrills you, right? Like it's
1: I know and it makes I don't me, know. it makes me sad because then I feel like people <laughs> people who um have only had sex through coercing and forcing people to have sex with mm. them must have never had good sex. They must have never had yeah. meaningful sex. And then when I think about all the times I've had sex, a lot of the times I've had sex in my life have been as like a distraction yeah. or as a way of forgetting my life or a way of feeling an intense connection with someone. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like, there've been very few times in my life where I've had, well, recently now I'm in like a nice relationship when we have sex. It's very much like a lovely Mm. coming together of people. But so many times in my life, having sex has not really been about sex. Sex. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Yes. And so I think that, yeah, definitely you're right. I think people who are sort of sexually assaulting people, it's not about having like a nice, meaningful, yeah. sexy experience. It's probably about having an orgasm and about some weird power yeah. thing. And
0: that's the other thing. I think we live in a society where the atten- the attaining of sex, especially for men, and again, I'm using this in a wider context of mm-hmm. what the world looks at as a man, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's so important that men are powerful, that men have sex, mm-hmm. And it's it's almost like the opposite of women. Like women are meant to, not meant to be powerful. Yeah, they're not meant to have sex. They're not meant to have sex. And yeah. you sort of wonder how these two are supposed to meet then. Yeah, exactly.
1: How is this? Which yeah. women
0: are not supposed to have sex with if women aren't supposed to have sex? Um And that's when you know that you've sort of somewhere along the line we fucked up real well because it just doesn't even make sense as a oh, concept. Makes sense.
1: I remember once I was um I was unlocking my bike. I was in Edinburgh, I was unlocking my, on the Cowgate, if anyone's ever been to Edinburgh, you know, the Cowgate is very dodgy, mm. but I was unlocking my bike, so I was kind of in this, I couldn't really move, yeah. and then these, a group of boys, I think they were quite young, they must have been in their teens, came up behind me, and then one of them was like, oh, what do you want to do tonight? And I was like, okay, leave me alone, I'm unlocking my bike. <laughs> and then the other one started, like, dry-humping me from Jesus behind, Christ. and went, Um, and was like, do you want to have drunk, Do so you think he said, do you want to have drunk sex? And I was like, no, can you leave me alone? And I dropped my bike lock on the other side of the road, and I was like, no, look what you made me do. Anyway, I managed to... I think somebody picked it up for me. They didn't do anything else, but they did pick up. And then and then I just started to walk away with my bike. And then as I was walking away, one of them was like, frigid slut! <laughs> 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 and I just... <laughs> I just remember like, honestly, I was like... That doesn't make sense. No. I was like, of all the... like. And it was literally this complete hypocrisy yeah. in kind of a woman <laughs> in misogyny. Richard
0: Richard Slut. I want to make that a t shirt. Oh my gosh, yeah,
1: <laughs> totally. Actually, I do want this. <laughs> Richard <Frigid laughs> Slut. That's so good. Let's market it. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, it was just kind of that moment of being like, oh yeah, that's it. Like, that is all the crimes a woman can do yeah, in one. In one. They cannot put out and mm-hmm. they can have sex. Mm-hmm. They cannot want to have sex with you and they can have sex yeah. with people. And exactly, both of those things make you it's amazing, isn't it, like, yeah, it's like,
0: oh it's, oh yeah, it's fa- it's great, <laughs> yeah, I mean I think um, I think that sort of shows how much work there is to do, um mm-hmm. and how much education is there is for everyone, yeah, because like clearly we've lost track of what makes sense, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Frigid Slut. I love that. So much. I know. I don't know why I haven't thought about making it a t shirt before. I think you should do it. If know. anyone wants the Frigid Slut t shirt, you let us know. <laughs> no, yeah, so. we'll try and make that available yeah, somehow. I that know. is amazing. <laughs> I know. Uh, let's open a club. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. The Frigid Slut. I love
0: it. The <laughs> Frigid Slut Club. Um, thank you very much. Well, thank a you. Very enlightening, very interesting conversation. Um, I'm very, I'm very, very grateful that you were so open with me thank you well thank
1: you and thank you for providing a space where I could be open because it's really important to talk about these things openly I think yeah
0: yeah I think so I think that's sort of the point is really to make conversations like this happen and like Mm. I've learned so much and yeah I I find it I find it incredible to hear from people about their experiences because weirdly enough that's what you don't get to hear Mm. enough Mm -hmm. um so, yeah, thank you very, very, very much. Um, uh, resources, I think, might be important. Yes. If you don't remember all of them, I'm, I'm going to put them in the show notes. When it comes to abortion, mm-hmm. what was the resources? I think you Googled, what was it? the phrase you Googled?
1: Well, I Googled impartial abortion, but it was BPass that came up, B-P-A-S, mm-hmm. um, and... I called them to make the appointment, and they're also kind of linked with Mary Stopes. Um, right. So those so are. The this cheap... would be in
0: the UK and in London specifically. Yes. Yeah.
1: But certainly in the UK, and that, and I could get it on the NHS because I'm a UK citizen. Yeah. Um, but even if you're not on the NHS, definitely I would recommend calling them for yeah. advice and support. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, anything else? Any passing,
0: passing thoughts? Any passing last th-
1: thoughts? Um, just that yeah I just think that obviously if you can't if you don't feel able to talk about something or you don't feel able to share something then that's fine yeah but just please remember that there are so many people who are going through this or have gone through it and that you're not alone and never feel ashamed like don't feel ashamed and don't feel like you're on your own yeah I know that's hard but you're not on your own
0: I think I think that is the most important thing trying to eradicate shame yeah where it doesn't belong yeah. I think I don't know if there's if shame belongs anywhere, I feel like it's a very useless very negative emotion. I feel like guilt useless. makes sense. Yeah. But sort of sometimes we feel a shame instead of guilt. Mm-hmm. Not saying that whenever we feel shame we should feel guilt. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Um they're very different things. Yeah. But I think shame doesn't really make us change anything except not talk and not feel connected yeah.
1: and I think shame is something that's imposed on us by society yes. whereas guilt is it's something usually that you're a punches. reaction to something we've done yeah.
0: yeah, I mean obviously that can also be informed by society and I think you know that's a huge new debate Yeah, <laughs> starting <one>. a new <laughs> <Yeah>. philosophy <Exactly. laughs> debate right there two minutes before the end oh oh my gosh. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah I think there's no need to be ashamed I think it's, it's the most important thing and if you do you know try and reach out go online i think Mm -hmm. you will find that there are people who share the same experience Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with you yeah um yeah i think that's it really thank you Again. Thank you so much. No, it's been great. Thank um you. anything you want to plug? I don't know if that's weird after all of this. Any social media? Any... <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: Um, no, I don't think so. Okay, I just cool. want to plug plug people seeking support when leaders. Yes, that's it. <laughs> I, know. I
0: think uh, reach out if you have any
1: thoughts. Always
0: let me know. at masturbate, no, not at masturbate I don't know how email addresses work. I always put an et before everything. Masturbate is podcast at gmail.com. Okay. <laughs> and you can find me at Edible places like twitter at masterbitterspod and in on instagram at in masterbitters underscore podcast um, but I think I think talk to each other listen to each other mm-hmm. provide people around you with the knowledge that they can talk to you mm-hmm. I think um, let's yeah let's stop being weirdly divisive and try and band
1: together as yeah, a people definitely
0: all right, guys. Um, I'll, I'll you'll hear me again next Thursday, and thank you very much. We'll we'll go we'll go off and do other stuff now. You go <laughs> off and live life. I don't know. <laughs> bye. 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 <laughs> <I don't. laughs>